you're new with us today, um, we have been in this series for the last several weeks called I'm In. Um, and I'm glad that I can tell you today that I'm not infected. Um, like, like, I like that. Um, and I hope that none of you are. Um, and some of the, the things that we're doing and, and precautions that we've put into place this morning are so that we don't infect um, anybody. Um, but we've talked about being invited, that you are invited uh, into God's family. That God wants us to be part of that, and he's done everything that he could to, uh, to invite us and to make us part of his family. And, and if we're already in his family, uh, his desire is that we would uh, go out and be inviting others uh, to that. Last week, uh, we talked about that you are invaluable uh, to God's work and what God wants to do in the kingdom. Um, no matter how big of a role you play, how small of a role you play, uh, whether you think it's significant or insignificant, God says it's all significant and it's all invaluable to, to the work of my kingdom. And we've got a great opportunity, I think, over the next couple of weeks and, and months, however this, this thing lasts, to be the body of Christ to people that we talked about last week. That, and, and we're seeing it already with um, especially food for kids and all of that. Um, but listen, like we, we have an elderly community as well, and those people will need us to be the body of Christ for them, whether that's going and picking up groceries for them or uh, taking them to doctor's appointments or, or whatever because they can't get out. Like They will need us also to be the body of Christ, and we don't want to forget or neglect them because um, they're invaluable as well. Um, and this morning, um, I want to show you uh, that you are influential uh, for God's kingdom. That, that you have influence uh, for, for God's glory. Um, and then next week, uh, we're going to see that, that we, are, we need to be invested in the work that God's doing um, around us. But, but I've been praying uh, all week long, and I, and I really believe that you need to see yourself as God sees you. That, that you are an influencer. Like, I believe that you are called to be salt and light uh, in this world. And to show the love of God day in and day out. And I'm going to give you a, a statement this morning that, that we'll look at again and again. And I pray that this really sinks in uh, to your heart and that you'll embrace the reality of this truth. That you have no idea how one conversation, one word of encouragement, or one expression of love might change someone's life. You have no idea that, that the people that you're around every day, how one conversation... One word of encouragement or one expression of love might change uh, their life. You know, how many of you would say um, that you are an influencer? Yeah, some of you. How many of you? Um, and, and here's the reason why none of us really think that we're influencers. Because that, that term has been hijacked by, by really by social media. Uh, like the, our culture has done that. Like, I did some research and went online and tried to figure out um, what, what people are saying about influencers and, and what that means. And when I typed what, it, what is an influencer in, this is what, it, what I got. Um, and here it is. An influencer is an individual who has the power to affect purchase decisions of others because of their authority, knowledge, or relationship with their audience. That's what an influencer is? Someone who influences purchase decisions based on the number of followers that they have? Like, I, like when I was growing up, like, an influencer was, was often a, a teacher or, or a coach 
or a, a good parent, a good friend, someone who taught a, a Sunday school class. Like those were, those were influencers. And today, unfortunately, our culture has hijacked that term. And many people would say, well, an influencer is a celebrity or a, or a content creator, someone who has amassed a, a great following um, on social media. And I, I gave up looking for an article that talked about an influence as anything beyond social media because I, I couldn't find one. But what I want to do today is I want to try to reclaim that word influencer. And I want you to see yourself as an influencer because you have no idea how God could use one word of encouragement from you to give someone hope. Like one moment or one expression of faith that could change the point um, in, their, in their life. And for those of us who, who are disciples or are followers of Jesus, like I, like I know, and listen, I know everybody is, is not there at this point. Like, some of, some of you are here, you're like, I'm not a follower of Jesus, I'm not even, why I'm, why I'm sure why I'm here this week. Um, and that's okay, we're glad you are. Some of you are listening online and thought, man, I'm, I'm not a follower of Jesus, and, and that's okay. Um, and I would say you're not a follower of Jesus yet, um, but because it's going to, to, to happen for many of you. But I want to show you exactly what Jesus says you are if you are a follower of his. He uses two metaphors in, in Matthew's gospel in Matthew chapter 5. He says this, you are the salt of the earth what does salt do salt purifies salt preserves salt adds adds flavor he said you are salt of the earth but if the salt loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot again you're invaluable to, to the work of the kingdom but if you're not doing it it's like part of the body is dead so that's what Jesus is saying. And then he says, you are uh, the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Um, instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone uh, in the house. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds. And the purpose of that is not to give you praise or to give you honor or to give you glory. It is to glorify your Father in heaven. Like, that's what Jesus said. Jesus says, you're salty and you're shiny. Saying, let your, let your love influence people toward Jesus. So let's reclaim that, that meaning of, of the word influencer. And I'm not against influencers in, in, in culture. Like, I want to be one on social media. Like I said, I've said I want to reach 1,000 people. Like I, and, and on social media, I want to reach 10,000 people. I want to reach 100,000 people on social media because I believe that, that I have a message uh, from God in, in his word that people so desperately need to hear. And, and it's not about me. Like I've struggled with that for years. That's why I don't post hardly anything on social media because I, I struggle with that. But, but we're all influencers. But the problem with our current view of influence is, is that it typically starts with with the platform. The size of your platform determines the scope of your influence. But I think it starts with something different. I believe that true and lasting influence always starts with people before platform. It always starts with people, um, and the good news is that all of us have people in our sphere of influence. So people that we come in contact with every day that we have the ability to influence and point 
in the right direction. I was thinking about that this week of, of the people that had influence um, in my life. Because I, I grew up uh, really before the, the social media age um, of, of things. But, but I think about like my mom, of course, had influence on my life. She drugged me to church from the first Sunday I was out of the hospital and, and would never let me miss. Um, I think about uh, my, my dad, um, who growing up showed me how to serve people. Like, he was always willing to help and always willing to serve um, in, in any way possible. He taught a Sunday school class of mine for a couple of years when, when I was young. I think of, of Cliff and Myra Runk, who, who taught my fifth and sixth grade Sunday school class. And, and, and they, were, um, um, they were 100 years old when they were doing it. Um, but, uh, but they loved it. Or I think about a, a, a goofy guy named Roger Nicholson, like who, who taught children's church every once in a while when he had a ventriloquism dummy. And he used that, but, but it had influence um, on my life. Um, or I think about Norman, who was uh, just an older guy in the church, who every single week would give me a high five and hand me a pack of zebra-striped gum. But he made me love going to church, had, had influence. Um, I think of uh, a Ralph Ramsey, as a guy that I very seldom even had any contact with. Um, on a Sunday morning, he was an elder of, of the church that I grew up in. Um, but he, he gave money every year so that, that I could go to CIY events and, and other kids could as well, that they couldn't afford them. I think of, of Gary and Tangie Angel, my youth minister, um, and his wife growing up who poured so much time and, and, and influence um, in, into me that they got me where I'm at uh, today. Um, I think about a, a guy named Bob Cannon who was the, the preacher at the first church who ever said, hey, we'll give a 19-year-old uh, punk a shot at being a youth minister. Um, to this day, I don't understand why um, he did that. Or, or the elders at Kentontown Church, the church that I left before I came here, um, who said, you know what, we'll let a 22-year-old um, preach and mess us up for 12 years. Like all of those things um, that, that a lot of people don't even know about. There were people all along the way that, that they didn't realize that, that a moment that they were spending with me was going to have incredible influence and impact in my life. They were a, a small piece in a big puzzle that influenced me to where I'm at today. And people all over the, the U.S. and in other countries today are, are watching me preach online, not because of who I am, but because of all of these people that poured into my life uh, one conversation, one moment at a time. So you have no idea what one word of, of encouragement might do to influence someone. And here's what I hope you'll understand. Is influence isn't always obvious. And influence isn't always instant. Just because you don't see a harvest doesn't mean that your seed doesn't take root. Like Cliff and Myra Runk, they passed away long before I was even ever preaching and in ministry. Like they never saw that investment uh, that they made into me. And I want to show you a story today perhaps one of my favorite stories in, in all the scriptures of, of one of the most unlikely influencers um, in, in the Bible. The story takes place in John chapter 4, and it's about a woman um, that, um, that ain't like nobody ever thought would have influence. The context of the story is Jesus was on a trip. He was on a journey. He was going um, to, to pass through Samaria which was an unusual choice. The disciples wouldn't have expected him to do that. Like they, if it was up to them, they would have took the long way around so that they wouldn't have to go even, even into Samaria. 
Uh, see, Samaritans were, were half Jewish and they were half Gentile, and the Jews hated the Samaritans. Like they were, they were less than human and, and worse than dogs in their eyes. So you would never interact with a Samaritan if you were a Jew. Especially if you were a Jewish man, you would never interact with a, with a Samaritan woman. But Jesus, once again, he shocks everybody, and he sits down by a well in the middle of the day in order to, to rest. And a Samaritan woman comes up to him, and, and Jesus asks her for a drink. Like He dignifies her by starting a conversation. And she's thrown completely off guard. Like scripture says this in, in verse 9. The woman was surprised. Like she was shocked. She was overwhelmed. She was, she was beside herself. She never expected that to happen. Like it's unheard of. No Jewish man would ever approach a Samaritan woman. It's weird. It's bizarre. She's shocked. She's surprised. And she said to Jesus, you're a Jew. And I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, like with love, and you could you can sense it almost when, when you read it. He says, If only if you only knew the gift that God has for you and who you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. I, like I love that. She's intrigued and she's confused. She says this, but uh, you don't have a bucket. And the well is deep. How can, I, how can you get me water? And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks of this water, this natural water he was talking about, will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink this living water, the water that I give, will never thirst again. So this woman notices that, that something is different about this man, Jesus. And she says, please, sir, may I have some living water? And in verse 16, he says, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. And she said, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. For, for you've had five husbands. And you aren't even married to the man that you're living with now. Said, you certainly spoke the truth, sir, the woman said. You must be a prophet. And there wasn't a Jewish man that would have interacted with this woman ever. Like Jesus was the only one. And he approaches her with love in his heart, and he dignifies her, and he honors her, all the time knowing that she was an outcast in her own community knowing that no one else was giving this woman like any um, support or encouragement. Like divorce five times and shacking up? In this day, it raises eyebrows. In that day, like it was, it was shunned. It was, it was shameful. Like she would have been the woman that everybody whispered, hey, stay away from her. Keep your husband away from that chick. She's a homewrecker. She's nothing but bad news. And listen, Jesus, knowing all of that, he doesn't look at her as this immoral woman, but instead he sees a miracle that's waiting to happen. Knowing that, that a touch from heaven could completely change her heart, and it dawns on her. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We, we, we've heard that there's a Messiah coming. 
I've heard that, that there's a guy that he's going around and he's doing miracles and he's raising the dead and he's, he's, he's healing the blind. Why would a Jewish man speak to me? Why would he honor and respect me? How does he know everything about my life? Perhaps this is the one we've been waiting for. This is the one that we've been praying for. Perhaps this is the Messiah. And she leaves her water, the Bible says, her jug and all, and runs back to the village. It says that, that she left her jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everybody, come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So what happened? People came streaming from the village to see Jesus. What do we see in this, in this powerful story? First of all, listen, no matter how bad your life is messed up, no matter what you think you've done or how far you think you've fallen, when the love of Jesus reaches into your life, it can change everything. You know, we see this town outcast, the one that everyone would have whispered about, um, that, that, that now she's going enthusiastically back to town saying, hey, you've got to come see Jesus. This broken woman, this, this messed up woman, the woman that everybody shunned, the one that she was immoral, she was immediately, she became an influencer. And that's what God wants to do in your life. He wants to make you an influencer no matter where you've been or what you've done. Her story also shows us, listen, that you don't have to have it all together to influence somebody toward Christ. You don't have to know it all. You don't have to have a seminary degree. You don't have to pray powerful prayers. You don't have to be able to, to, to quote the exact place in the Bible where a verse is found. It, it says this in there somewhere. Like, listen, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have all the things in your life fixed to be an influencer. This woman was, and her life was still a wreck. What, what she did was she simply met Jesus and went and told him about it, and told people about it. And that's all you have to know. You have to know who Jesus is and care about the people around you. And you can immediately be light in this world and salt to those who are around you. you honestly, you just have to care about people. You don't need 4,000 followers to have a platform. You need to care about one person who's in front of you. You're an influencer. And I was thinking about that even with, uh, with our Friday night and, and Friday Night Unite. We had two more baptisms this past Friday night, which is awesome. Yeah, that is, that is eight in, in the last couple of weeks. Um, and, and listen to me, Zach, Zach's awesome. Like, I love Zach. He's doing a, an, an amazing job. But this, like this is because our students are having conversations at school and, and telling their friends that, hey, I know about Jesus and you need that. Zach's doing a lot of clarifying and teaching after that, but our students are the ones that are having influence and having impact on the ones that are around them. And listen, and if God can create a movement like that because students are willing to stand up and say, hey, let me tell you about Jesus, what could he do if all of us would say, you know what? I have influence with the people around me. I'm gonna share with them what Jesus has done in my life. Like, God's just waiting to blow the doors off of this thing. Yeah, you can clap about that. Listen, you don't have to know it all. You just have to let your light shine. You just let salt do what salt does and light do what light does. 
Because you have no idea how one word of encouragement, one word of hope, one expression of love might influence someone toward Jesus. This woman goes back to the village and tells everybody. And the disciples, they come back to Jesus and they were hungry. And that's funny to me because I'm always hungry. Starving right now. But they said, have you eaten? And Jesus goes all spiritual on them. He said, my food is to do the, the will of God. Like, I like that. Like, how, in your face, you want food? I'm doing God's work. So anyway, um, then he said this. He said, the field is ripe for harvest. He's using a, a farming metaphor. And the harvest was always about changed lives. He said, the field is ripe for harvest. He said, but the laborers are few. And for our purpose, we could, we could say it this way, I think, church, is the field is ripe for harvest, but the influences are few. Don't let culture rob you from your calling by category, categorizing influencers as someone on social media. You're an influencer. And it starts with the people that are right in front of you every single day. This woman goes back to her town and tells everybody. Um, the, the next part of her story says this in verse 39. Many Samaritans, like that statement alone would have shocked um, the, the, everybody around. Many Samaritans came to faith in Christ. Many Samaritans from their village believed in Jesus. Why? Because of one woman who had influence. One unlikely woman who was willing to say, hey, this is what Jesus did for me. She said, Jesus told me everything I did. When they came out to see, they begged him to stay in their village. And it says he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Who did God use? So not, not an Instagram star, not a professional athlete. Not, not a celebrity, not a, a content creator, not, not a preacher. A regular, ordinary, everyday, broken, sinful woman who had been transformed by Jesus. Listen, you have influence right where you are. You don't have to have your whole life together to have influence. And I want you to feel this, that, that you are an influencer. You have no idea what one word of encouragement, one expression of love can mean to someone who needs a very small touch of God. So when you greet people when they come into church, don't shake hands for the next couple of weeks. Um, but but when, you, when you smile at them, when you welcome them, when, when you can give that look of, of peace and say, hey, you're, you're invited to the family, when, when they're uncomfortable and nervous, you don't understand the, the love that they may feel because there's a church that's not judging them but's welcoming them. When, when you post a scripture or repost a sermon clip, you can have influence on someone uh, that, that, that maybe you don't even know. You can have influence just by the way that, that, that you worship, by the way that you carry yourself, by who you are and, and whose you are, you can be an influence. Don't let culture's definition rob you from God's calling in your life. 
If you know Jesus, listen, you are salt and you are light. So let salt do what salt does and let light shine like light does because God has created you to have influence and, and to, to show others the love of Christ. That's why you were created. To do good things, to have influence so that God could get glory. I'm gonna ask you to stand this morning and we're gonna have a time of, of decision um, this morning. And maybe today you, you're one of those that you walked in and you didn't have a relationship with Jesus. I, I wanna share with you some very good news this morning that he died to pay the price for your sin. Like this one broken woman, when she met Jesus, her life changed. She went from outcast to, to disciple to influencer. And the same can happen for you today to, to meet Jesus. To come forward to, to say, yes, I know that I'm broken. I know that I'm a mess. I know that I've sinned and fallen short. But God, I want you to do something in me. I want to meet Jesus. And today you can do that in, in baptism. Maybe today you said, you know, hey, I, I just want to be a part of this church family. Like I realize that I'm invaluable to, to what God is doing and, and I want to be a part of that. We invite you to make that decision. Maybe today the, the decision that you need to make is, you know what? I was light at one time, but somewhere along the way, it kind of, get, it kind of got dim. It kind of burned out. And today I want, I want to repent and I want to come back and I want to turn that light on and I want to shine in this world. Or maybe today you just want somebody to pray with you during this time. And we would love to do that as well. So we invite you as the band leads us um, in, in this song um, to, 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 to make any decision um, that you need to make. Father God, today I am I'm thankful that God, that, that you've given us influence. And it's not necessarily because of, of who we are or, or what we've done. It's because that we belong to you. And that when we're pointing people to Jesus, that's really all that we need to know is that he's the one that saves. He's the one that, that heals. He's the one that, that brings about change um, in our life. And so, Father, I pray today as we continue to worship, as we have a time of, of decision and a time of prayer, God, I pray that you would move the way that, that only you can move. And it's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen.